I'm Dr. Duke, and this is the Campus Roundup at the College Fix. This week, we're headed to Crazy Town, where more and more cartoons and kids' movies, from The Lion King to SpongeBob SquarePants, are causing leftists to run and cry for safe spaces. To talk more about this, we welcome the editor of the College Fix, Jen Cavani. So I guess it's inevitable. They've pretty much deconstructed everything else. Now they're coming after the kids' programs. Uh, why are progressive leftists angry about so many cartoons? And let's start with SpongeBob. Who lives in a pineapple under the sea? How could possibly a floating sponge bother left-wing social justice warriors? Because he's oppressive. He uh, subjugated Bikini Bottom and infiltrated it with his racism. (laughs) So, you know, of course he's the evil villain. (laughs) Look, it's ridiculous. This is what academia has come to nowadays, where SpongeBob SquarePants, you know, is a racist oppressor. It is amazing when you think about and Disney now is finding itself in the in the headlights in the in the target zone for progressive activists. This is Disney who is woke. I remember watching the Disney Channel 20 years ago. You turn on the Disney Channel now and this is not kids content. So what is it with traditional Disney cartoons that some warriors on the left are angry about? They just see racism everywhere. They look they can't just enjoy a movie for a movie. These scholars and academics just seem to be able to identify, even though it's not there, white privilege, white privilege and racism in every single cartoon or cultural appropriation or something just to take and drain the fun out of everything. Yeah, it is pretty pathetic. I guess The Lion King, which is, you know, it's it's Hollywood. So I suppose you could argue it's a cultural appropriation. But The Lion King has got should check all the buttons for progressives, right? It's nature friendly. It's eco friendly. It's about animals. It's set in Africa. The, all the names are African names. So what is it about The Lion King that drives them crazy? Supposedly, it's the aggressors are showing their white privilege and their oppression over the, the prey. So the predators are the white people and the prey are the people of color in this scholar's view. Um, just so it's an example of, of you know, privilege and oppression. I remember laughing myself silly a number of years ago when the, the Lord of the Rings movies were being made and an elaborate argument was being put forth that the orcs were black people and that all the elves were white people. And so this whole thing was one big conspiracy on the part of Tolkien to demean black people. It, it gets really, really silly. Now, I kind of understand because uh, I've been around long enough. Why Cinderella? Why the, I get why the princesses bother people, right? All the different Cinderella, Snow White. Uh, but we see here again, too, the idea that princesses are bad. What's so bad about having your daughters dressed like princesses? Well, that, what they're upset about is uh, stories like Snow White and Sleeping Beauty. Prince Charming is a rapist, mm-hmm. right? Because in both cases, he's got to kiss them without their consent to wake them up. So, Yeah, and we talk about... Um, One of the great contradictions, it seems to me, is we don't want our girls, it's not woke to let our girls dress like princesses. They should dress like astronauts or superheroes, but not princesses. Yet when boys identify as girls and dress like princesses, we think this is the most woke thing in the world. Do these contradictions, do you think, ever dawn on these people? You know, I just think that um, they are just so obsessed with identity politics that they just cannot have fun and watch The Lion King for what it is. You know, a movie about families, you know, loyalty, honesty, you know, coming of age or Sleeping Beauty and Snow White about, you know, love at first sight and falling in love and trials and tribulations to that end. They I just they just take the fun out of everything and they just see identity politics everywhere they look. It must be such a sad life to be a liberal, really, because I swear they have no fun. 
Well, you know, the Joker movie, which is based on a cartoon, it's, a, it's kind of a superhero movie, a, a supervillain movie. Um, I was really amazed to find how angry they were about this Joker flick. And, uh, you know, he's not, he's not, the, apparently the movie's not woke enough and the character of the Joker is, is too sympathetic. Uh, the critique of society and culture is not enough. This is what always happens is when the leftist critics go after something, like Dave Chappelle's show, when the leftist critics go after something and hate it for politically correct reasons, the people want to watch it in droves. They seem to never have have their finger on the pulse of what America actually believes. Don't ever forget what happened to that French actor. You know what I'm talking about? Juicy Smouillet, he's a very French, very famous French actor. Oh, the minute I read that the, the liberals hated Dave Chappelle's comedy, like that's the first thing I watched, <laughs> you know? And frankly, it was hilarious. It was uncomfortable. I was morally offended a few times, but you know what? I get what he's going for. And I laughed a lot. And, and that's what I think people on the right are able to do better than people on the left so often, is just laugh and just have fun and, and just let a story be a story. Well, the, le- the, the people on the right are often the butt of jokes all across late night TV, all across mainstream media. Most mainstream comedians attack right wingers or people on the right. So we, we, if we don't laugh at ourselves, I mean, we're, we're, to, we're gonna become the miserable people they have. What gets me is that they're so used to being the joke tellers and not the butts of jokes, like you said, that they cannot process it. And so they have no sense of humor. Uh, they, uh, and that, that ultimately devolves into cruelty, me, the, cruelty to me. The fact that they can't laugh means that their approach to culture is cruel. Their approach to kids, to kids' movies, to society in general is really kind of cruel. And that's where I think a lot of the censorship comes from. Yeah, sure. I mean, they want to tell everybody how to think and how to live their life and what to like and what to not like. But I do think that a lot of people are starting to see through it. Like this SpongeBob SquarePants professor. I mean, the, the woman who wrote it's an academic at the University of Washington. And it's just another example of why people are rolling their eyes and lost confidence and faith in higher education. When somebody that's actually getting paid to teach our our young people sees SpongeBob SquarePants as a a racist oppressor. I mean, it's just so ridiculous. It's just another sign that academia has lost its way. I mean, when you think about, I don't know about you, but the the kind of cartoons I watched as a kid that were utterly unremarkable would be unacceptable today, right? You think about uh, Fat Albert, you think about some of the cartoons that we watched, some of the Bugs Bunny's cartoons are very uh, racy, some of the topics and the themes. It's just amazing how fragile we've become in such a short period of time. Last question I'll ask you about this is, now the, now the superhero movies, right? Spider-Man's not diverse enough. Even though we've got the alternative Spider-Verse where you have a Hispanic Spider-Man, still Spider-Man is not diverse enough. Why do you think Hollywood is turning? When you think about how much effort Hollywood's put into creating female superheroes, Captain Marvel, who was a man, became a woman, right? And so why are they still looking at a micro level to find this kind of offensive stuff everywhere. I will say, so in this instance, we had a professor that said, you know, it was nice that Spider-Man has some co-stars who are, you know, uh, people of color and that he, you know, he goes home to a gentrified neighborhood. But at the end, the movie lets you know that white people are really running the show. Blink, blink, nod, nod. And it's just like, really? Like, I, you know, because Tony Stark's white, I guess. I have no idea what he's referring to, but it's just so ridiculous. But Dr. Duke, we have to mention how they said Neville Longbottom. Are you familiar with the Harry Potter <laughs> Yes, <movies>? yes, yes. <laughs> ne- Neville Longbottom, according to the left, you know, the student complaint, the student that was triggered by a mural of Neville Longbottom saying that he represented manpower, cis power, able power, class power, white power. And I'm like, Neville Longbottom? Did you read the books? He was like the shy, quiet, you know, in, insecure kid the whole time. And then finally at the very end, you know, he finds his bravery and courage and chivalry and that kind of thing. And 
I just couldn't believe that they would turn Neville Longbottom into an evil white white supremacist villain. I mean, but that, again, that just shows how crazy the left has gotten. Well, we we have a woke Hollywood establishment that's dying for new movies, new films, new cartoons, cartoons that feature only certain kinds of minorities, right? That we want the entire ethos, the worldview has, we want to create minority worlds, right? Without the impact of white people over them. So why are we so busy? Why is the progressive left not creating new characters, new cartoons, new shows? Why do they go back to the 70s comics, the 80s comics, and get mad when 1960s Spider-Man is white or 1950s Batman is white? Why not just create your own superheroes and make them any way you want them to be? I will, I will say this about popular culture. What I've noticed is that, you know, the left is complaining and moaning, but all of their woke comedies are failing mm-hmm. at the box office. Nobody nobody really likes... There was that one late night with uh, Mindy Kaling. Um, where it, it didn't do, get didn't any box office returns at all. I mean, when is Hollywood going to wake up and realize that people are just sick and tired of being lectured at? And by the way, so you might have read a couple weeks ago where the Downton Abbey movie did better than the other two mainstream big hits, like the one starring Brad Pitt and that sort of thing. And my husband and I have been watching Downton Abbey recently because we were like, well, what's all the fuss about? And it's such a sweet, you know, kind of like harkens back to before the globe was engulfed in vulgarity. It was just a simpler time where people were nice and pleasant to each other. And and I think, I think generally audiences long for that. They long for, you know, the innocence before the social progressive atheists took over and, and frankly sort of like uh, infected everything. I think it's a really good take on this. And, and I, my view is I, I remember when Black Panther came out. And the irony of that is that had a huge box office and, and the critics were touting this as a black superhero. And the irony to me is it was created by Stanley. Right, who was himself the whitest of white men. The entire Marvel universe was white. So you had in the 1970s an attempt to bring a black character in, but that black character, every aspect of that black character was created by a white person. And so you just see how ludicrous trying to parse things like this is. Yeah, it really is. At the end of the day, go to the movies to have fun. Watch cartoons to just be whimsical and get away from it all and stop seeing racism and other identity politics everywhere you look. Get a life. Great advice. Jen, it's always a pleasure. Keep up the great work, and we'll talk to you soon. And that's it for us today. Be sure to follow The College Fix on Facebook, Twitter, and Parler. Plus, don't forget to subscribe to the brand-new College Fix podcast, available absolutely free on iTunes. For the Campus Roundup, I'm Dr. Duke, and we'll see you next time.